Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. You know, the... uh, you could have read it in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, and we know that God didn't just form man in any fashion. He formed man in his own image. All right. Uh, Genesis 1, 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So we see God forming man from the dust of the ground. He formed man before he filled man with breath. Now, let me me just say this real quick. As I'm trusting most of you are aware, um, last week, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. That's not news to anybody, is it? You all heard that. I thank God for that. I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, that's not a political statement. That's simply a statement about the sanctity of life. All right. Um, The Lord said in his word, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. All right. And uh, the reason I point that out is because this verse seven here, this is not what I want to talk about. But uh, when I read it, I felt a little prick there. And so I thought, I bet I'm going to just touch on this. Verse seven there that says when he formed man and then he breathed in his nostrils, the breath of life. There are those that support the killing of babies in the womb and they use this verse and say even your Bible says that there's not life until God put breath in it and they don't breathe on their own until they come up look that's a lie from the pit of hell that's the that's Satan doing what Satan does which is twisting the word of God. Okay. So again, that's not what I'm talking about today, but I just I just want you to know in case somebody tries to tell you that, that's not what this scripture's saying. Okay. And oh, by the way, this scripture, I don't think Adam, when God formed him, I don't think God formed an infant and let him laid him in the garden and left him there until he became a man. Okay. God here formed the first man. Then he caused a deep sleep later on to come on him, took a rib of him and formed woman. And then children began to be born. Okay? So 
Don't allow the adversary to twist this word through someone and say God says life doesn't start until a child's outside the womb and breathing. That's a lie. All right. Okay. Just felt like you needed that in case you run against that in the world today. So God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Can you, can you picture this happening? God, we know God is a spirit, right? The word teaches us that. And so I don't know what this looked like when it was happening, right? I read this, and my, my first imagination is to sort of picture God reaching down with his hands and pulling some dirt together. And, but, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that that, <laughs> right? And so I can't fathom in my human, but he formed. That word formed means that. He didn't just speak it. There's this distinction. Now, some of you heard us talk about the Lord not speaking us into existence and the principle. That's not what we're going to talk about, so stay with me. However he did this, he formed. It was a process, a shaping, a molding, a making. He was forming and shaping a structure. Everybody say structure. He was making a structure. He did not fill it until he formed it. Got that? It's important. He did not fill it till he formed it. After he formed it, then he breathed into it and life came. The structure was there, but it was not yet functioning as intended until he Put life in it. Got it? This is a... You get in trouble when you say you have a favorite book in the Bible. Because, right, then all of a sudden you get in another one. And the Lord starts dealing with you. And for the, for the month or the week or the year, that's your favorite book. But, man, if I had to pick one, I'm probably stuck in Genesis. Because Genesis is so full. And so Genesis, of course, is the book of beginnings. The book of beginnings. And there are... I don't know how many, maybe when I get older, I'll sit down and write a book and see how many and keep trying to do that. But there, there are myriad principles in Genesis that run throughout the word of God. They're established in the beginning, established in the beginning. It's more than just a natural. See, we, we see in the natural, we think in the natural, we consider and ponder in the natural but what we see in Genesis are also spiritual beginnings again and again and again and again and again. And so these principles, Genesis is a book of beginnings. And so in this verse, we see a powerful principle of God's work. And it is before he fills something, he has a structure. He has a structure. He forms and he fills. And so... We see the reason God made man in his image that we reference in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. The reason he made man in his image is because one day he intend. I'm getting way ahead already here, but I wasn't sure where we're going anyway. So here, here's what happens. He made man in his image because he knew one day man is going to be the body of Christ in the earth. 
And so I need him to be the representation of God. We know from Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the express image of the invisible God. You heard that before? Well, so he made us in his image. Some of you are still trying to wrap your head around that. I probably am too. But he made us in his image so that he could manifest his glory through us. You think God thought that far out? I promise you he did. He knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. And so he had to make man in his image. Because he knew ultimately he would take man and manifest himself through man to the world. Now. So he formed man. It was the same spirit of God. In Matthew and in Luke, you read. That the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said to her, Mary, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God, Mary, has birthed that child in you. The angel of the Lord repeated that to Joseph just so he knew. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It's the very Spirit of God that formed that child in Mary. You believe that? I do too. The Holy Ghost was the Father. Now that's not hard for us to grasp because we believe there's only one God. And so the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was the Father. We have scripture for that. Formed Christ. Now, for three and a half years, Christ ministered in the earth. Yes, thereabouts. His earthly ministry. We have highlights, I'm going to say that, elements of it recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We know that doesn't contain all of it because John told us if all of it was written, even the heavens couldn't contain what he's done. But we have the recorded work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know if we read the Gospels, you're just staying with me here. If we read the Gospels, we know that Christ was, after he came up out of the Jordan, having been baptized by John the Baptist, that he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. He was there tempted of Satan. He was there 40 days. But when he came out of the wilderness... He came up in the power of the Spirit. Yes. And then began his earthly ministry. And here he begins walking in the earthly ministry. We know he ministered for three and a half years. He was beaten, crucified, died, buried, rose again. Forty days later, ascended up into heaven. We believe that? So what was he doing for three and a half years? I'll tell you what he was doing for three and a half years. He was forming a structure. 
He was building a structure. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Psalm 127. Except the Lord build the house, Jesus said to his disciples, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's the builder. That's the forming of a structure, the forming of a structure, the forming of a structure. He spent three and a half years forming a structure. We see from the principle of beginnings in Genesis, he had to fill it. The church was not born until he had ascended. You with me? He had formed the structure, so all he had to do was fill the structure. On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. You read that before? They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of what? Sounds like breath to me. (sighs) Could we dare say that the Spirit of God breathed into the structure? There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Notice the structure got filled. Filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. Verse number four. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were all filled with the Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the church was born. What Christ had formed, he filled. Amen? It's elementary, but we need to understand this, this principle. He forms and then he fills. He formed the church, then he filled the church, and the image of Christ was now in the earth. The body of Christ was now on the earth. He, the head, is in heaven. But we, the body of Jesus Christ, you and I made in his image, can now manifest him to the world. Amen? So structure matters. Structure matters. You ever built a a sandcastle? Anybody ever built a sandcastle? Yeah. It's all good till the water gets it. Right? I've seen some magnificent structures built. Like, I, I didn't build them. I, I think I've seen pictures of them. I, I've been up at White Pass before. I don't know if you've ever gone up to White Pass. I think in January they do Winter Festival or something like that. They got people that come up there and they make these big old snow things you can walk through. They build them. But you know what? I've gone up there in the spring and they're all gone. It's a temporary structure. Temporary. Now, you remember the story of the three little pigs? Right? You guys know that story? Anybody not know that story? Oh, good. Okay, good. I don't have to tell it. I was like, we're in trouble if we don't know that story. I got to give you somebody be like, he's saying something about three little pigs. I don't know what he's talking about. Right? They're hiding from the big bad wolf. 
the first house they go into is made of what? Straw, I think. Yeah, straw. And the wolf says, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow that house. Right? And he blows it down. Not much of a structure. So then they go into a house made of sticks. Not much of a structure. Then finally, the house of bricks, right? Structure matters. Structure matters in the kingdom of God. All right? Here, raise your hand. Scoot around a little bit. Bob your head over. All right, now you put it back down. See, if you didn't have bones, you couldn't do any of that. Truth? Right? Now, some of you that are younger, you don't much think about your bones. I'm I'm almost 52. I promise you, I'm thinking about my bones every once in a while. Brother Johnstone probably thinks about his bones every once in a while. Not picking on him, but right? A little bit older we get. Brother Renee was thinking about his bones a week, week and a half ago. He was starting to have one acting up on him. A little young for that, but there you go. And so, right? No, you don't really, you don't. I mean, we spend so much time thinking about our hair. You know, Brother Rico's growing his out a little bit, getting a little, you know. And we spend, but you know what? We put a lot of time and energy and effort in this, but you take all my hair off, it doesn't make that big of a difference. You yank a bone out, I'm in trouble. Structure matters. Structure matters. We are... We are in this building that I thank God we can gather. We know the focus is not it, but it's part of God's plan for us to be able to come together. I thank God for the beautifully painted walls, these nice windows, the trim, the lights. I'm thankful for all of that. But you go through, now there ain't a one of us in, well, there ain't a one of us in here in the last few months that have walked through here and said, man, look at those two by fours, aren't they? I'm so thankful for these two by fours in the wall. I'm so thankful for this plywood. Oh, thank God for the joists. Oh, right, we're not walking around doing that. But I guarantee you, yank all that out, it'd be quite the show when we, well, we, there wouldn't be a show because it would all be collapsed. Structure matters. We understand this now. I'm not trying to belabor a point. We need to lay hold on this principle of the Word of God. Structure matters matters you can remove structure from some things and they'll last for a bit until the wind blows or until the storm comes Jesus said one man built his house on the sand and the wind came and the rains came and the wind blew and the storm came and the house fell and great was the fall of it Another man built his house on the rock, and the winds came, and the storms came, and the floods came, and the house stood. What was the difference? Here's the thing. They both built a structure. Stay with me. They both built the structure, and they both had the same wind, same storm. Maybe it looks a little different, but same wind, same storms. In the parable the Lord told, same wind, same storm, same floods, but one stood and one didn't. Because the structure it was built on mattered too. The foundational structure mattered. When Jesus said, 
Upon this rock I will build my church. It mattered. The foundation of the church matters. What is that rock? The rock is the revelation of the mighty God in Christ Jesus. The rock is that there is one God and even the devils believe and tremble. The rock is the revelation of who He is. Messiah came. God robed Himself in flesh. Dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. That's the rock on which the church is built. It's the rock. And then the apostles. We build upon the doctrine of the apostles and the prophets. And Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. That means everything else is built off of Him. He's the measuring point. He's the plumb line. Everything has to align with Jesus Christ. This is the structure. It matters. It matters. It matters. There's a structure. I thank God for the structure of the church that He's building. You can take it further, right? The Apostle Paul said that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Well, the saints are the body of Christ. We're the church. So what is that? These are parts that help fill the structure, the building of his church. At his beck and call, submitted to him, he's the builder. All parts of structure. Now, I, I didn't plan to talk about this today at all. I was going to do announcements, and this is when we decided to talk about this. So here we are. That's what I said. Even announcements are spiritual. The strength of any building. It's only as strong as its structure. I'm sure they have it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's such a thing as reinforced sheetrock. I don't know that you can build a house with it without having some either metal framing or wood framing in the walls. It's not part of the structure. Right? It has a purpose. Nobody wants to come in here and just see wood walls with insulation stuffed in them. We could meet here and have church if it was that way, you understand? Not very appealing. And so there's things that come that begin to layer on as part of the structure. Structure matters. We as life church have structure. You believe that? We have structure, God-given structure. We didn't get it in a week. We didn't get it in a month. It seems like it took about 20 years, and, I'm not, and, and we're still learning. Because he's building his church. We have structure. We know that there is a structure from the word of God in the building of the church. We see the apostle Paul writing and talking to Timothy and to Titus about bishops and elders and deacons. These are part of the administrative and spiritual structure of a church. All right. We have a bishop. 
By the way, if you weren't here in the first service, I'm asking you to please go watch the first service. Uh, Bishop was with us this morning in the 9 a.m. service. I, we just learned last night. He said, hey, I think I'm going to come over and minister tomorrow. I said, great. And so please go watch the first service if you weren't able to be here. So we have a bishop. We have elders, right? We have multiple congregations with elders. And we have deacons that operate in the body of Christ. We don't always highlight that, but we have them. The Rodriguez act and serve as deacons in the body of Christ. The Adelig's act and serve as deacons. The Charles act and serve as deacons. These are just appointments that are given. Brother Martin acts and serves as a deacon. These are appointments given in the spiritual structure of the church. Doesn't make somebody better than somebody else. You understand that. These are just places of service in the structure. You with me? Now. We have as life church structure with multiple congregations. We have elders, assistant elders, that all make up part of the structure. It's not a one man show. Okay. As evidenced this morning, Bishop can send me a message last night. Hey, I think I'm going to come over and minister in the morning. Absolutely. That's part of the structure. Right. And so this is important. Why does it matter? Why does these elements of the church matter? And why especially do they matter to us as life church? Because it's what strengthens us. I don't mean like as an organization or an entity. I mean as a part of the body of Christ. It brings safety in the body. It brings accountability in the body. No man operating on his own. I have accountability. You want to hear stories about men or women that were leading churches that started building their own kingdom that had no accountability. That can happen in our world. And so we have structure. And so the beauty of that is God then begins to fill it. Now, I, some of you have heard this. Some of you, most of you probably have not. But a few years ago, well, not a few years ago, just in the recent uh, past here, you know, COVID took place. When COVID first started, one of our biggest concerns was whether people had toilet paper and whether they were still working. You remember that? Remember like, oh, there's no toilet paper at Costco. Right? We thought we were going to go back to the dark ages and start pulling leaves off trees or something. <laughs> oh, thank God there was enough toilet paper somewhere. Right? And so, so what we did at that time is we said, let's establish captains of tens. We use that principle from uh, uh, Jethro talking to Moses, saying, Moses, what you're doing to the people of Israel isn't good. He didn't say what they're doing to you because they were wearing Moses out from the beginning of the day till the end of the night. And, and, but when Jethro came to him and addressed him, he didn't say, Moses, what they're doing, they're wearing you out. He said, Moses, what you're doing to the people is not good. And so he told Moses, Moses, you need to appoint captains over tens and over fifties and over hundreds and over thousands. You need to do this and appoint them. And they'll take care of things. They'll take care of matters. And then if they run into something that they're not sure what to do, then Moses, then they'll come to you, bring it to you, and you'll give them wisdom in the matter. And, right? and they understood this relationship of structure. 
And so we see that in the New Testament church in bishops and elders and deacons. Bishop can't be here every week and get into all four congregations. I'm not trying to go to all four congregations. I have a spiritual responsibility. I am appointed here. You may know that most of you know, all of you would know that. Well, no, you wouldn't all know, but now you're getting ready to know. Um, I wasn't elected to be the elder here. We don't do elections for elders. Right? Some, some people vote for their pastors. Sorry, you don't get a vote. <laughs> okay. Um, I, and I, I don't mean that like you don't have value. You understand that. Biblical structure, Paul told Timothy to appoint elders over cities. He didn't say, establish some board in the local community and let them pick out somebody. Now, some people do that. I'm not finding fault with that. But here's the challenge with that. Because there is a challenge. More often than not... That I hope this is okay. This is I'm, this is just where we are. More often than not, the church board is people in the church. Right. I have a question for you. What would you think if you went out into the middle of a field where there were a bunch of sheep, and you said to the sheep? I would like you all to tell us who you would like to be your shepherd. Sheep, you choose the shepherd. Well, it doesn't work that way, right? We understand that in the natural. Okay. And so God has a structure. Now, it's dangerous only if there's no accountability. But because I'm an appointed elder... And there's accountability. If I, as a shepherd, start getting a little sideways, I have accountability that says, hold on a minute. And you, as sheep, you can talk to bishop. Say, hey, you know, the shepherds. Now, I promise you, the first thing he would do is say, have you talked to your elder? Right? Unless, of course, there's something between you and I that's happened in these are things, this is structure that God has ordained so he can fill the structure and build his church. All right? So we are appointed as elders. I said I didn't plan on this today, but here we are. Um, deacons have been appointed. To a point, and then we got to one point where I said, "Okay, I was I was thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna pick another one." And the Lord took me to Acts chapter six, where the apostles there was a need for more deacons. Right, that's where the word deacon started, or it's not where it started. Jesus used the word, "I came to minister, not to be ministered to," and the very word He used there is diakonos, where we get the word deacon from, minister. And, but in Acts chapter 6, the Bible says the Greeks and the Hebrews were arguing because the widows were being neglected in the daily ministry. And so the apostles said, this isn't reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. And so they said, let us appoint you. They said, you. Right? Thank you. Acts 6 and 3. They said, brethren, 
you look out among you seven men of honorable faith whom we may appoint over this matter. And so they put the responsibility on them to appoint. And so I went to the deacons we had at the time. I said, we need more deacons. You all need to pray, fast, talk, and then come back with a name. And let's. And we did that. I had scripture for it. They appointed. And they said, it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Those words serve tables there literally comes from the word diakonos. The word deacon. This is part of a structure. Now, what's interesting, if you read this passage of scripture, and I'm finishing here. If you read this passage of scripture in Acts chapter six, at the beginning, when there's this murmuring that's taking place, it's not healthy for the church. That's still true today. You understand if there's murmuring, it's not healthy for the church. And so they address the situation. And once they address the situation, the scripture says the word of God grew and multiplied. What happened? They got the structure right. God said, okay, back as we were and began to continue to fill, build his church. So when we had COVID, we appointed these captains of tens. And uh, then we got to a point where it's like, look, we know people got toilet paper. We know people are working who's not working. We got it all squared away. And the Lord dealt with me and said, I was praying one day and the Lord dealt with me and said, because I was praying about the structure and him building his church. And that's when he said, you need to study what it means to be a deacon. And then rather than say, hey, captains of 10, we no longer need you checking on people. The Lord began dealing with me about a deacon and began to shift my thinking or understanding regarding a deacon and that ministry and that role. Because oftentimes in churchdom, deacons have been people that been like, well, they're the ones that make up the board and they vote on stuff and they do this. And, and deacons are the ones that if you need to buy property, then they get involved. That's not scriptural. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having that. You should have counsel for those things. But a scriptural deacon serves in these capacities that we're talking about in different ways. So the Lord dealt with us about that. And we said, OK, and we began to put that in place here locally. Well. When we did that, you may not know this, but now you're getting some more insight. I'm telling you, when we did that is when we started seeing people just show up and the church just started growing. That's when we started having this problem where we were. And then we had to. Your evidence today, we had to switch to two services. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. The Lord said, you get the structure right. I'll fill it. We didn't have some, you know, if you've been here, we didn't have a mass outreach to try to outreach. And let's see if we can try to get a bunch of people to No, God was already dealing with hearts. But he was saying, you got to have the structure right so I can feel it. Because the structure has to be able to support what he's built and he's the builder. And so he sets members in the body as it pleases him. And you see how all this works together. And so he builds his church and he adds to his church daily. And so, but it takes structure. And so when God places you and I in the body, we go, okay, I'm now a part of the body of Christ. 
We should be praying, God, what's my place in your body? What's my function in your body? Help me to be aligned where I'm supposed to be aligned with other parts of the body. Help me to be connected the right way that you want to connect me, Lord. Not what pleases me, but what pleases you. How am I connected in the body? Because I make up the structure of the body of Christ. And as you continue to fill and you continue to add members to the body, I want to fulfill my part and my function and my place in it. And so the Lord has continued adding to the body. Structure matters. You say, well, but if you don't have a church board, then what happens? Who, who sort of keeps an eye on the bishop and the elders? We do. We have an external church board. We have scripture for that, too. Because you know what happened. There were things that came up where finally they were like, what do we do? The Gentiles are starting to get the Holy Ghost. We got these churches here, but what do we do? I'll tell you what they did. They went back to what I'll call the external board, which was the apostles in Jerusalem said, hey, what do we do here? And they sat down. The apostles said, here you go. Because there was this argument over, do we need to get circumcised or not? What do we do? We can't solve this locally, but we're hearing this. This is happening locally. We need an answer. They said, okay, take it back to Jerusalem. Take it to the apostles. They were the, dare I use this term, they were the external board. They knew these are the men in authority over the situation. They took it to them. The apostles said, this is what you do. Don't require circumcision, but here's some things. Make sure they abstain from things offered to idols, blood, and fornication. That was the requirements that they gave them back. Take that back, and then God bless you. And they took those things back that they got from the apostles, the external board. They took it back to, you with me? Structure matters. And so our pursuit this is important for all of us for the go forward. You say, why are we sharing this today? This is important for the go forward where the Holy Ghost is taking us. Our confidence is not in a man. Our confidence is in God's structure, his building of the house, our place and our part in it. He fills his structure. And so we have an external board. We don't take everything to them, but they oversee the financial picture. So we have accountability and finance of the church. They look at our books every year. Life Church's finances, they review them. They determine things like any income that's received by elders. They have to sign off on that. Structure. So just in case you thought you gave your tithes and it all went into my pocket, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay? And if you want to know more about that personally, I'm an open book. Come ask me, I'll tell you. I mean that with the utmost sincerity. Okay? Now, This is important for the go forward because he's wanting to continue to fill his body. And so we understand there's a structure. And so now we have, as you know, multiple home groups that are being taught. That's part of God's plan. How is it that can be supported? I'll tell you how there's structure. And so I thank God for that. Amen. 
Would you pray with me right now? I'm not just throwing you information. Lord, help us spiritually to have understanding that you form and then you fill. You form and then you fill. And we are in a time and an hour in which you are desiring to fill and grow the body of Christ. You're desiring to add daily such as should be saved. I pray let us know our place and our part, our function. Let us seek spiritual alignment and connectivity that pleases you, that serves your purpose. You it is that places in the body. So place us, God, and let us fulfill our function. Let me be joined accordingly, according to your will and purpose. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Anoint our minds and our understanding today to recognize the work of your kingdom and our part and place in it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Our, um, our external board, in case you didn't know, our external board of trustees is made up of Bishop Chester Wright. Some of you know that name. It's made up of Brother Michael Gonzalez, who pastors in San Diego. It's made up of Bishop James Dillon that pastors in Salem, Oregon, and it's made up of Bishop Paul Sharp that oversees the work in Oklahoma. I can't remember what city now. It just left my mind. But he's in Oklahoma. These are men of God that have oversight over us. Now, they don't deal with all the little, small, day-to-day matters. Okay? When we decided we wanted to paint the building, we did not reach out to the external board of trustees to ask if we could paint the building. I went and got a bid. I took it to Bishop and Sister Schoonover. They looked at it. They're aware it fits in the framework. Yes, and we painted the building. Okay, so that's just an example of how it works. I don't even make a decision to paint the building. I have accountability before we spend those funds. That's just one example. Okay? Structure matters. Structure matters. You ready for announcements now? You guys are still going, how are announcements spiritual? Well, I'm just, I just shared with you what I felt like the Lord put on my heart when I was ready to do announcements. October the 1st and 2nd is Life Church United weekend. It will be in Tacoma. We're going to have a tremendous time. Uh, there will be some events on Saturday of fellowship. And then on Sunday at 11, we'll have a service there in Tacoma. And Bishop Paul Sharp, the name you heard, who's one of our external board of trustees, Bishop Paul Sharp will be ministering that Sunday. Okay? I'm excited about that. He's an integral part of Life Church. Now, this summer, you're going to get exposed to some others coming and ministering. And this is why I want to. So, on the 17th, two weeks, the 17th of July, Brother Berglund will be here ministering in service. I promise you it will touch our lives and minister to us. 
Many of you have heard and received the ministry of Brother Berglund. He will be with us on July the 17th. Uh, two weeks later, on July the 31st, Elder Nathan Heiner, some of you have been exposed to the ministry of Brother Heiner, he will be with us and he will be ministering. Most likely these men's wives will be here too, but I don't want to get them committed just in case. Um, but he will be with us on the 31st of July. One week later, on August the 7th, uh, by the way, Brother Heiner is uh, an assistant elder there in Puyallup. On August the 7th, one week later, uh, Brother Jeremy Casa, who's also an assistant elder to uh, the Federal Way Congregation, he will be with us in ministry on August the 7th. And then two weeks later, on August the 21st, uh, Elder Miko Laksamana, who leads the federal way, is the elder of the Federal Way Congregation, he will be with us in ministry. You got all that? Now do you understand why I waited on announcements? I don't want you going, what in the world's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. We are seeing, we have to understand the body of Christ. And I believe with where we are in time and what God is doing in the earth, we must understand it's bigger than us. And we also need to see our place in the whole. We have a place in the local congregation, obviously. But we also need to see interconnections in the whole and understand how we can receive ministry from the whole and their place and part in it. And I believe this is a precursor to the Lord continuing to add to his church. Amen. Would you stand with me this afternoon? Look at your neighbor and say, announcements are spiritual. <laughs> Amen. I thank God. I thank God for the ministry structure that he's given us at Life Church. I really, really do. There is safety in it. Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counsel. There's safety, there's accountability, and it's safety for you. You understand that? I don't know if you recognize this or realize this, but Bishop makes an effort to watch or listen to every single service from every single congregation every week. And so when we went to two services, it sort of added to his plate, right? But he makes that effort. Um, I, I, I don't get to all of them every week, but I try to get to a lot of them. Because I need the ministry of my brother as well. And I know the spirit of ministry because it's part of the structure. Does that make sense? Now, clearly, you understand we're not an island to ourselves. Okay? God forbid. We're not building the life church restricted exclusive group. God forbid. 
but we have a structure that God has given us from his word. And we're a part of the body in the earth. Amen. So, if you're in town on those weekends that I just named, you don't want to miss it. I'm excited about these men of God and their wives that will be here. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the structure that you have given to the church. I thank you, Lord, for spiritual oversight in the external board. I thank you, Lord, for my spiritual covering, spiritual authority. Thank you, Lord, for Bishop Schoonover and Sister Schoonover and giving them to us. I pray you minister to them strength, health, life, and peace today. I thank you, Lord, for the elders of each congregation and for every part of the body, my brothers and sisters throughout Puyallup and Union Gap, Elder Flowers, Lord, Elder Laksamana, Lord, I thank you for these men and women of God that you've placed in the body. I thank you for every brother and sister, Lord, here locally that you have connected us together and fit us together. You know as you continue to build your church, places yet that you will establish that we do not even understand or know, but we trust you. We thank you for filling the structure that you have made your church filling it with your spirit, making us the body of Christ. We worship you today, and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you.